Hi everyone and welcome to Take 10 for Torah number 921. I hope you all are well. Any questions, comments, suggestions, recommendations, or sponsorships, please email me at rabbiyismach at take10fortorah.org. I hope you and your families are well. And we're in a difficult moment, of course, still reeling from all of the events of Simchas Torah, and at the same time wondering um, what's going to happen next and how serious will this get. We're all davening and doing whatever it is that we're doing, but I wanted to provide a framework, perhaps, with which we can figure out what are our tasks right now, what should we be thinking about. This is something that I shared in my shul this past Shabbos at the Young Israel of Greyneck, really based on the book of, or specifically the story of the Parsha of Beratius. And we all think about numbers and how many people have lost their lives and how many people are suffering. Honestly, as that old Stalin quote goes, one death is a tragedy, a million deaths is a statistic. It's very difficult to really plug into those numbers, like the difference between 700, 800, or 1300. These are just, these are just numbers. And I wanted to actually use numbers to be able to articulate and put into context what it is that we can do. And that's the number zero, the number one, and the number two. And let me explain what I mean. Bereshus begins describing that before things were created, before there was stuff in the world, there was tohu vavo, there was a abyss, there was, there was nothing there, there was all complexity and confusion and opaqueness and darkness, ultimately darkness, and then the world was created. Now that darkness, let's call zero. It's the absence of anything, and I feel like in the situation, as we encountered it, past after Simchas Torah, that was a situation of zero. It was a situation of pain, of suffering, of absence, a sense of God's hiddenness, of din, of judgment, real, true, deep choshech. The stories that we read, the things that we've seen so far, probably will never ever, ever leave our minds. The fact that we're living through such a difficult moment and thinking how Jews were treated, it's reminiscent of the absolute worst times of Jewish history. Absolute worst in the most modern of eras. The idea that the most modern military could be overtaken by a bunch of uh, guys living in the Dark Ages is absolutely, it's overwhelming and displays, I believe, a darkness, an opaqueness, a difficult to understand is zero. And our challenge is, unlike in Israel, where they're very busy with the Mika Amcha Yisrael, and who is like the Jewish people, and Am Yisrael Chai, and all of these strength messages, that's great, but at the same time, they need to do that. They are going to war, they are calling up reservists, they need to be strong, they're leaving their families at home. I believe in America we could still sit in the pain a little bit, we could still sit in the zero, and try to the extent possible, as Tehillim says, to be like God is imo anochi b'tzara, to be with people shoulder to shoulder in the pain. Try to reach out to whoever we can to support those communities, those people who are running around and are now homeless, uh, many tens and tens of thousands of displaced people from the south. There's so much suffering right now. There are shivas, so many shivas that uh, people are dealing with. If there's a way to reach out and to extend yourself be sitting in the zero. Have a zero, a little piece of your heart that is open to those people who are suffering so terribly. That's the zero. But then, as we know, the Torah describes the creation of man. Nasa Adam Bitsalmenu Kidmusinu. Man is going to be created and it's going to begin from one person. And the mission we know in Sanhedrin teaches us that that teaches us a very significant lesson that the whole world, the whole world, everything can come from one person. One person is extremely powerful. We never minimize the power of one person. And in this regard, I think that 
maybe we could be thinking a little bit of what is the task that only we can do. When we think about uh, who we are as a person, and we think about a lot of the things that are happening right now, it's very easy to say that somebody else can do it. Somebody else will show up. There'll be a rally, and you know there'll be a lot of people. I don't really need to get up and go, but it's not the case. There's nobody who can stand in the spot in which you are standing at a rally. There's nobody who could write the letter that you are writing to bring a number of letters up to a certain number. There's nobody else who can do that. There's nobody else who can work in your way to grow as only you need to, to pick the avodas Hashem, the spiritual task, the task in tefillah, whatever it is that you want to change, the interpersonal task, to make peace in a relationship where you find that uh, you've had struggles, and to go out of your way to become and, and focus on peacefulness for the sake of peacefulness with your, uh, with your friends or with your neighbors. There are things that only we can do, and perhaps we should think about how, whether it's our relationship between man and man, man and God, or between us and ourselves, how we find the number one, why we are a person in this situation, what it is that we can only do and nobody else can. That's the one. So the zero is the really the, the, the emptiness, the vacuousness, the, the pain. The one is figuring out what you can do that's truly singular. I've had so many encounters over the past week already with people who just come up with some sort of innovative idea. Uh, this is a great idea to help. And they come up with something and they go and they do it. And that's remarkable. It's remarkable that people are putting their creative energies as only they individually can, and I think it's going to be ultimately an incredible boon for Klai Yisrael if we would all figure out how we individually and uniquely can help. But then we get to the number two, zero, one, and two. And that's really the thrust of the whole Bereshah story. If you think about the Bereshah story, it goes to one, Nasa Adam Etzalminikid Musenu, but then God says, Lo Tov, a person can't be alone and creates woman. And that's not just a symbolic of a romantic relationship between two people, but we see further in the Torah, people can't be alone. We have Cain and Hevel, the two brothers, where Cain kills Hevel, and then he's asked, uh, where's your Aye Hevel, where's your brother Hevel? And he responds, Am I my brother's keeper? Which is like the most terrible question, because that's never been asked in the history of the world since. Of course we are our brother's keeper, and of course there is what we need to do. And that sense of connection, that sense of sharing a burden, is deeply important, but that's not the point that I want to focus on, because I think that we know, and that's automatic. What we need to focus on is the fact that the entirety of Sefer Beratius is this story again and again. We come to, of course, the creation of man, and now we have struggles and difficulties between siblings, and then we get to Noah, and again we have interpersonal strife, which we're going to read about in this week's parish on the Hamas and the robbery and the ill treatment of others, and then finally we get to Avraham, who's really good at this. He's a he's a Baal Chesed. He cares about everybody completely and totally. He has two children. One of them is a Yitzchak, and one of them is a Yishmael. So they're not the same, and they they are divergent. And then we have Yitzchak, who has two children. Yaakov and Esav, who are also divergent. And then finally, we have Yaakov, who has all children, who are consistently, so to speak, religious and focused on important things, but they then can't get along. And so this cycle of going back to zero after we hit two seems to be a really very big problem in the story of Rashi's. We are reminded of this in the very first Rashi in the whole Torah. Rashi wants to know, why is it that the Torah begins not from the mitzvot and begins with a story? And of course, the classic question is, 
you know, he's a, he answers, God created the world, he has the right to give Eretz soul. That's Rashi's answer, that, that we see God created the world. But that doesn't fully answer the question, because we could just have Parashas Bereshus. But the idea isn't just, why do we have Parashas Bereshus, but the whole story of Bereshus, leading all the way up to the story of Egypt, and how we got there because of the division of brothers. And then we ultimately go through the terrible, terrible events, the slavery, and ultimately into Yitzhak Mitzrayim, and are then redeemed. That is meant to end the cycle. We're all together at the moment of Sinai. The problem is we're really bad at retaining the two. We're really bad at this. In moments of crisis, we're really good at getting together. The problem is we're really bad at retaining that. And so we constantly have this cycle. And the whole story of Bereshus is preparing us for what it's ultimately going to take to not only explain to the non-Jews why it is that we have Eretz Yisrael, but perhaps the whole story is there to explain to us what it's going to take to keep it. And we need to figure out a way to make sure that we don't constantly repeat history and what we're going to do when this is done to become a little bit closer to our neighbors to become a little bit closer to those who don't think like us all the time a few weeks ago there were people fighting over a mechitza on yom kippur that's become totally irrelevant a couple months ago people were saying that reservists aren't going to show up because of their frustration with the government that's not what's going on the question is when something like this passes what are we going to do? What can we imagine now to take these feelings, package them up, wrap them up in a bow to make sure that we're able to gift them to each other and be able to experience them and the sensation of brotherhood and Hashomer Achavanochi in the time going forward. So all together, I believe there are three tasks. There's the zero, there's the choshech, the tohu vavo, the very difficult, difficult experience that we're all feeling right now and the pain that we can't yet move on from. We can't. We can't afford to. It's it's just not. It's not. Uh, it's not appropriate to move on from that yet. There's also the one trying to figure out what it is that we need to do in this moment. And then there's of course the two. Not only the achdos we feel now, but the ability to make sure that this pattern ends and that we are able to retain the sense of brotherhood communally and uh, internationally all over the world. How we can feel connected to our fellow Jews and how we can maintain this past just this cycle of violence so that there are none ever again to need to teach us this lesson. Have a great day.